Hey guys, welcome to episode 197 of the podcast. Uh, today, as I'm sure you saw from the um, description, I am doing uh, something a little bit different. You know, it is nearly summer, of course, getting very excited to start the Boys of Summer series, but here's the scoop. Uh, I wanted to do a little uh, sort of a preview of Boys of Summer by releasing my buddy Hutch Harris's episode because his fantastic band, The Thermals, have a new album out, and uh, and I just wanted to get the love started early. You know what I'm saying? So uh, so please enjoy this very special episode, and uh, I want to also encourage you to stick around uh, through the end. You will hear... Um, a song from the new album, uh, the new album, the Thermals album is called We Disappear and the song is called Thinking of You. So there it is right there on the end of the podcast for you to enjoy. And uh, and then I just wanted to throw some shout outs out there, guys. Andrea and Ophi and Callista, uh, thank you so much for your wonderful emails. Matt, thank you so much for your great suggestion. Bella also sent me a wonderful suggestion. I want to say hi to Amanda, who I uh, saw at HavenCon. I want to thank Roberto for his fantastic suggestion. You guys, I just love your suggestions. And uh, many of you who have made suggestions know I take them very seriously and in fact I've had many guests that have come directly out of your suggestions and already I have some summer stuff coming up uh, that I've arranged uh, because of those suggestions so excited about that Bryce I met you at IndieCon uh, and I just wanted to say hi and uh, and say welcome to the podcast and then uh, last but not least and I want to get into this more in a future episode but I, I got a wonderful email today from a listener named Nick uh, who is also a former Mormon who I want to. I don't want to say took umbrage, but uh, I do want to say took umbrage actually, because uh, first of all, it's a wonderful saying uh, term, and uh, and also because uh, you know I think that's probably a fair assessment. And I and uh, it was a wonderfully, wonderfully well written email, um, kind of talking about some of the stuff I've talked about in the past with regards to Mormon beliefs about um, sort of having uh, faith or or having the knowledge, if you will, of the gospel and then uh, turning away from it. And he made some really important clarifications. Uh, that uh, you know, I take very seriously because uh, as much as I enjoy talking about my experience in the Mormon Church, I think there are times that I um, oversimplify some of the things that are believed. And uh, you know, just because several Mormons uh, have expressed a certain belief as meaning one thing to them, doesn't mean that that's what their uh, doctrine says. So that's a really long-winded way of saying, Nick, I got your email, and I really respect and appreciate it. And I have some ideas about how to kind of talk more about that because uh, I do sort of. Walk a fine line between, I think, um, sort of joking about Mormonism and and then also talking about it seriously. And and uh, well, I want to be respectful. So uh, thanks again for that. And uh, guys, thanks for putting up with my long-winded um, response just then. I uh, encourage you to listen to this episode. And uh, gosh, if you stop now just because of everything I just said, I'll be shocked and appalled. Uh, thanks, guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. that only uh, recording things is what is worthwhile for me right. um, is that I ran to the mailbox really quick because I have a leaky mailbox, which in LA isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. But when it does rain immediately, I'm like, my mail's going to yeah. get wet. 
So I ran out there and as I was running back in, I was like, oh, nobody likes this kind of weather in terms of traveling and stuff in LA. I hope Hutch. And then I was like, wait a minute. He lives in Portland. What am I? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I even thinking about this at all? It's so normal. Yeah. It's been so nice. I've been here for almost two weeks and it's been so nice the whole time. It's been really nice. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I don't need a ton of rain, but I made no mystery about the fact that I do like it when it's kind of cloudy. Yeah. I felt myself perk up before I even realized oh, really? why yeah, today, like when, when the yeah. clouds yeah. rolled in, I was like, God, I'm just in a good mood. Right? And then yeah. I looked out the window and thought, this is a little over the top now. If I'm able to track it that immediately, yeah. where I'm like, clouds, happy. So, I mean, that's what's, you know, maybe it's just a change. Because it's like, I think when the sun comes yeah. out in Portland, that's how we feel. That's true. Maybe it is just, yeah, oh, just something different. You really turned this on its ear for me. Because this whole <laughs> time I've been like, this. it must be to do with the fact that I have sort of the reverse seasonal effect. Or just yeah, that other people yeah. have, but what if it is just a change? There is, you know, I grew up in San Jose near San Francisco, and you know, it, the weather was like here, it was like every day is perfect and sunny, yeah. but then the days it would be overcast or, or rainy, I would really like it. Yeah, yeah, it's there, so it great. is nice. Yeah, I love fog. Yeah, me too. I said it like almost apologetically with a wince, <laughs> like, wince on my face. Yeah. Oh, I like fog. <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing yeah, the podcast. I'm so me. glad that you're down here. Yeah, I, this is a, a dream of mine since you oh, did the Portland show. Which that I was so, so fun. Much. Yeah, it was so fun. And listen, I got to get this out of the way right away. I was so overwhelmed at my live. You're not going to give a shit about this, but <laughs> my li- and I don't even have no idea if you've even listened to it. But at my live podcast in San Francisco, I have not listened to it since I recorded uh-huh. it. But I remember saying something when Nathanson did my cover. I remember saying, like, I think this is my favorite. Now, I love Hutch <laughs> and I love Priscilla, but this is my favorite. And, like, since then, I have thought, I, I don't even feel that way. It's yeah. just the thing that you sort of feel and say in the moment right, because you yeah. need to, like, pay tribute to the person Definitely, who has spent yeah. their time to come yeah. in. And it has haunted me ever oh. since. That's the person I am. Is I was like, God, I would hate for Hutch to hear that and think I even meant that because that's just completely untrue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So if you're here to reckon with me and you want well, you know, to yeah. roast me over the coals for it, I accept it because I deserve it. No, I think you're fine. All right. It's okay. What are you doing down here? Uh, so we have a record coming out, so I'm just here I doing press. That. I'm just like doing interviews. And you're coming in May, too, in concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. saw like a the, Golden Voice or a yeah, right? notice that you were coming. Yeah, Teragram. And it was a weird moment because I was like, yeah, he is. Oh, wait, this is not even the same month. What am I? Yeah, we haven't even. Kathy was down here with me for the first week and we did like some small. We did like some little performances. We did a little house show and but no like nice. big rock stuff. Do you how do you feel about L.A.? I love L.A. Yeah. so much. I oh, like. God. And so, you know, we're on Saddle Creek and they have a house here. So I that's become like the best excuse for me to come down here just any So they just have a house where people, yeah. different artists can come and right. sort of do yeah. residence. That's a really cool much, idea. Yeah, it's perfect. It's in Atwater. It's really like near all the places I go. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think I was down here like five times last year. Like yeah. I try to come like every couple months. Well, it totally makes sense to have that kind of access. And yeah. that I like that because short of you saying that the house itself is in Laurel Canyon, which really would <laughs> right. feed into the perfect. ultimate sort yeah. of historical. With the studio. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. But Atwater is pr- a pretty, that's pretty close, especially yeah. for your band and for right. artists yeah. on that label and yeah. stuff. Um, how cool. Yeah. That's a really great, really nice. I like the sort of home away from home, knowing that you have a reason to be somewhere. So it's not that you're just a total nomad, but it's not, it's not something you're responsible for either. Well, and growing up in California, like I miss it. Like Kathy and I are both from California. So every time 
especially to be able to spend more than just like one or two or three days in yeah. LA is so nice to spend like a week or two really like get into it. It yeah. feels really good. And you're from San Jose. Yeah. And I feel like I've only had this conversation with one other San Josean, but um, I, now, first of all, I associate very positively with performing at Rooster Tea Feathers Comedy Club. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, but also, I have a real fondness for the Winchester Mystery House. Oh, yeah, right. Now, is that something that... Because I feel... I can't remember... I'm sure uh, you guys who are listening, some of you have amazing like photographic audio memories of the podcast. So you'll be like, oh, that was the blah, blah, yeah, blah right. conversation. Like better than your memory of it. I can't... Exactly. Yeah. And I cannot remember what it was, but I feel like the last time I asked this question, someone was like, yeah, that's not really a thing. I like I lived there, so it wasn't a thing I thought about that's more of a tourist thing is that true yeah definitely and it's i didn't even go there till i moved away and i came back a friend of mine but he was also from there and we were just visiting my parents like maybe like five years ago or something we were like okay we should finally go i don't even know why but yeah and it was cool it was fine but the weird thing is like if you know if you drive from la to san jose you'll start seeing billboards like a hundred or two hundred miles before you get there it's no disneyland it's definitely not that amazing yeah but it is interesting it is cool and the way they sell it to you, though, you know, like this looks like they make the house look like a giant skull, and you know, like on the billboards for it, yeah, they try to make it look yeah. really scary. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm more interested yeah. in the psychology of her. Like that's right. what becomes really interesting yeah. really quickly. So yeah. for those of you who don't know, you probably know, but it's a it's a house that the woman who was the widow of the maker of Winchester rifles. Right. Um, built and she became interested in the occult and came to believe that like I think the spirits of the people her husband killed yes. her husband's rifles had killed right. uh, were haunting her and so she kept building but she only had a certain amount of property so she built onto the house externally a little bit as much as she could I guess but then she also just began building inside and I think right. part of it was that you also it's like she was trying to just like confuse the yeah, spirits they, they like say, I'll have a doorway leading to nothing exactly, and, yeah, yeah and like a staircase that just leads to a wall yeah. or you'd be on the second floor and a door opens and there you just fall. Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. I don't know how a ghost. Exactly. I don't think a ghost is too scared of you know. Should, yeah, they should I don't know if ghosts are like yeah. Wiley Coyote, where they yeah. go out a door, go five, five <laughs> steps, yeah, realize yeah. they look yeah. down, and that's hang when they in the start air falling. for a few seconds. Exactly. Yeah, the ghosts are like, I just walk through a wall yeah, anyway. So really yeah, I don't notice. Challenge. Oh, it's a new wall. Cool. Exactly. Yeah, I don't really notice. Exactly. But for me, that house that definitely taps into like other things that sort of would be in that genre that tap into it in terms of kind of secretly wishing to have like a bunch of secret compartments in my house or right, yeah. the library bookcase that leads into a secret lair. Right. I don't think I've ever yeah, really Or something like Hearst that. Castle, you know, you can have a swimming pool where you could like, I guess this is, you know, it's not, it's not confusing. It's luxurious. <laughs> it's luxurious. Uh, you know, you know, there's the thing where you can swim in, you know, you can swim into, into the house. The house. And, yeah. yeah. Like, I would agree. Uh, I would put that in the, like a ch- a child would be as interested, if not more interested, <laughs> yeah. than maybe your average adult, because that's what it that that taps into that right. that piece yeah. for me. Like I yeah. used to draw a little. I could never draw, but I used to draw a little. Um, versions of whatever my house would be when I was little and it always involved like a stream down the middle of the <laughs> right. house. Yeah. Like yeah. I thought it was so. Oh, that sounds cool. Well, can you do that here? I mean. The next thing I thought of, as soon as I started really taking that seriously, I was like, I feel like there would just be mosquitoes. After the first or week, or, yeah, weird. you're like, damn stream. Like, yeah, like, why did I do this? this? I've yeah. slipped and broken my ankle three times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that's something that I'm trying to kind of lean into because I do have this sense of, like many people in the businesses that we're in are in it in a very professional, very industry-oriented way. Uh-huh. They sort of have the business side, and then you have what I would consider to be the artist side, which is 
how have we managed to evade having real quote unquote real jobs? Right. Yeah. Which isn't to say that they're not challenging or stressful or difficult. No, no, that you don't work hard, but yeah, no, but you're right. But it's definitely a different. And so I think I'm sort of like, okay, so maybe it's okay that I have all these weird infantile tendencies still. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, do you feel that way? Do you have that relationship? Yeah. I, I feel like that's part of just being a creative person and, I mean, you have to be kind of delusional to think that you could be successful in, you know, art or entertainment anyway. So you're not going to lose that part of your brain if it's if you start getting successful yeah. from it. Yeah. When did you start playing instruments and playing music and writing? Um, I started playing guitar when I was like 14. Uh, my dad's a musician; he's a piano player, oh, so nice. he was always like encouraging me. Piano player um, full time, or he was, at, was he... like when I was a kid. Um, so I was actually born in uh, New York City, and he was like at that time doing off Broadway shows and then okay. doing auditions with singers. So singers would like come rehearse with him, and then he would. Go go with them to do oh, sure. to accompany them um but you then, know that's a thing that we don't think like you don't think about that i know right thing, yeah but of yeah. course you would need that and bringing like, your specific piano player in a nice yeah way. and, and my dad's a huge and i was like raised my dad's jewish too and so i was like raised on woody allen sure. and yeah i mean just I mean, that was the a lot of the i mean my parents are pretty much like annie hall if it had like worked out because they stayed right. together um my it's so funny yeah my Mom got married in a little suit instead of a dress. Like oh, she man. definitely like looked like Diane Keaton. She had Adorable. a little like kind of bow tie type thing. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And so he and so what? What brought you guys um, to San? So then right? eventually he's like, and music do you have brothers is not. And sisters? I have one younger sister uh, in San Francisco. Um, you know, eventually he's just like music's not. It's not paying the bills. He went to Columbia and got like his master's in engineering oh, wow. and then so we moved to san jose because this is like was you know like 82 or 83 looks like he moved to like work in silicon valley and work for oh, sure. worked for a bunch of startups and then eventually worked for adobe when adobe was starting up and so he came up with them when like uh photoshop and illustrator and all that stuff was being designed are they called adobe does is adobe an acronym for something or is adobe like adobe you no know, i don't know like, i don't think it is an acronym I don't think it's an acronym. I wonder why it's called Adobe. I know, right? I always I mean, think I feel like yeah. I have I feel like I have a certain ownership over Adobe being from Tucson, Arizona, because that's yeah, a word right. that yeah. is like and it's, I constantly would walk past yeah. you know houses that were built of Adobe and people made a big deal about it. Like, listen, yeah. not everywhere in the country are you gonna see Adobe houses. No, not it. in San Jose. And yeah, not in San yeah. Jose, so I Maybe, wonder what the story I wonder is if behind the that. if the owners or someone was from the Southwest could be i mean they all let's think i mean like apple and like for a while like all the names were like kind of earthy, earthy or that's a organic good point. yeah that's a good point Which is weird i realize i have it's... no idea what the source of the name apple is either yeah right think about it because i haven't even seen steve jobs maybe it's covered in that movie or we'll have to watch well, yeah right? or one of the three movies yeah or one of the many yeah i mean i would lean more towards michael fassbender than i probably I would Ashton I, Kutcher. I yeah right yeah, so maybe it's weird because the, they're all working, you know, it's all like high tech stuff that's not organic. So maybe they're, the name mm-hmm. of the business offsets like how, I don't I mean, know. I like where you're going with yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, so d- now let me clarify. Did he go to Columbia? He already had a degree or yeah, he yeah. said, I'm going to go back and go to school and then become an engineer? Uh, he had a degree in music and then he went, yeah, so he must have been like 30 or like 31 uh, or he was 30 when I was born. Like maybe so maybe when he was like thirty five or so he went to Columbia, um, and then he worked at Merrill Lynch for like a couple years till we moved. So the 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 thing that I'm interested in about that too is this um, 
when people make the argument, not to say it's an argument, but when people kind of cite, you know, certain parts of music and musicology as being mathematical or being fluid in terms of like weaving into that world. Right. And for someone like me who doesn't feel like I have those proclivities or that, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, necess- I guess that was my question is, did you feel like you inherited uh, any of that? I feel like maybe things? some musical talent or I don't even know if talent's the right word or it may have just been like being brought up listening to music like every single you know, like every single day he's yeah. playing piano in the house but he is a very he has a very like mathematical mind he's like incredibly organized and i have never been that way but i i think for him there's definitely like he knows music theory he can read he you know he can sight read and he can play by ear so i think like already having a brain like that mm-hmm. it's natural that he would be good at like engineering as well and did he what what was his how did he react when you started playing guitar did he just think it was a fun hobby um, he was always encouraging um like he really wanted me to play piano, and just piano just never did it for me. Like I, I can play a little bit. Did you take lessons um, and then kind of shy away from? Yeah, him? I mean, I took lessons from him. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to teach my sister and I, and we just weren't. You know, we were young too when he was. He was trying to teach us when we were like six and seven. Um, like now, every so often, I'll ask him, like, "Can you just show me this on piano?" Yeah, um, and he's great about it. Um, but I just when I got, you know, all the bands I loved were guitar bands, and you know, like yeah. I was like. Nirvana and Nevermind came out when I was in high school. So that's like my era of, you know, that's what I loved. Um, Do you remember the point at which you sort of started thinking like, maybe I shouldn't pick up the guitar? Was that sort of... It was just like, you know, it was like sophomore year of high school. Yeah, it just... I mean, really, at that age, you just want to be cool. And you're trying to find something like, how can I be cool? Because I'm Uh not cool. (laughs) Maybe if I played guitar. And just all the... I mean, before... Nirvana, you know, before like grunge and alternative happened, I was listening to just like just a lot of classic rock. I listened to like Led Zeppelin, ACDC, sure. and all the bands. Still like, super guitar heavy. Yeah, right. Yeah, just all like everything I like to listen to had a guitar in it. So naturally, I was just going to want to play guitar. That, but that's some pretty cool music. What do you really feel like you weren't cool, or do you feel like? Oh yeah, that's cool music. Cool but I was not cool. You were not cool. No, no. I what just were you like? Wasn't cool. I was just really nerdy. I was just like one of those kids that stayed home a lot, like reading and writing. Like I was really into like writing, and I like I wanted to like draw comics and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. But so it's not like I was antisocial, but I was definitely like at home a lot, just like working on stuff. Yeah, always. I think that's kind of great. Which is cool. I mean, it's kind of. I'm still that way a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, that's fun. Like making something. Uh, yeah, I like to go out, but a lot of times the most fun to me is like making something. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think I continually try, whether I realize I'm doing it or not, to combine those, if anything. And even the stuff that I like to do socially has evolved. I don't want to say evolved because that makes it sound like I think I've graduated past something someone uh-huh. else hasn't. It's not that. But for me, what it kind of morphed into was less going to a bar and, and, and hanging out and talking and more like, what is this activity that in some way kind of taps into like the creativity side or I'm thinking about like my favorite stuff to do and, and still doing something like going to an escape room which I'm very hot on right now because I just shot the show with Geek and Sundry that uh-huh. we created all these like new escape rooms. Yeah. But that's the kind of like I do love a game night. I do love uh-huh. a thing that's very participative that kind of has that element to it. 
if not structure, then some kind of like weird creative side to it that so isn't why, as social. Maybe. Is it, I don't know. Do you feel like it's there's more of like a purpose? I with think that's a great question. I don't know. I think yeah, yeah. I think maybe I've lost the ability to just. I mean, I. It's not to say I can't ever relax and just have a drink and stuff, but. I think I've started building an idea of what a night at a bar is based on very specific experiences I was fine with when I was in my 20s, which is shouting to be heard, not saying anything important, right? you know, right. sort of drinking too much because it's just there and not drinking enough water because you stop caring about drinking right. water when you're drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sort of like I've snowballs into this idea of what's going to happen. Now, no, never, right. it seems like, but then like I'll go and it'll just like, we'll go to Edendale and a bunch of people will be sitting around a fire and you'll have a glass of wine or two and that's a lovely night at a bar you know what i mean but that's never my go-to expectation my go-to expectation is like oh i'm just i'm not gonna be hung over the next day and i'm not even like (laughs) i'll be shut my 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 voice will be hoarse and uh, you know instead of like if i know i'm going to a game night (laughs) (laughs) it's like i know i'm probably going to be there with a bunch of people who have children who want to go home and go to bed early Uh have to relieve the babysitter uh i'm probably gonna laugh a lot yeah you know, and I think that's then I've placed that set of expectations on a more kind of social construction. And sometimes even just like Kate Micucci will want to do a craft afternoon, which is uh-huh. a perfect example of let's just sit yeah, and like great. shoot yeah. the shit and draw or do some weird thing that feels very childlike or childish. Yeah. That has a social element to it. So it's not always just me alone doing that stuff, but also right. kind of isn't typical going out yeah because it's it can be hard to it can be easy to be like really solitary when you're just into making stuff it's hard to find like in a relationship or with friends like something we can all hang out and do and it's also productive i mean that's to me that's what's fun about being in a band because like especially i mean hopefully if you're friends with the people because then like we are hanging out and we are having fun but also we're like getting something done or we're being productive and creative absolutely and to feel like there's that that to have that spill over where you kind of get to check in with yourself and go, wow, I really am doing this thing that a lot of people would just do for a hobby or would just kind of do with the hope that it would evolve into something more. Right. And this, yeah. is, be- and this is my life and my lifestyle now is kind of spectacular. That It, it is awesome. How long have you rare. guys been a band? Remind me. It's 14 years God, now. Which I mean, I was going to guess, I was gonna guess like 12-ish. Well, thinking, the, yeah. thinking like it can't be that long and it's 14. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the first record came out. Yeah, the first record came out thirteen years ago, and then Kathy and I had known each other and played music for like like five or six years before that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the two of us have played, and I haven't really done almost anything musically without like the Kathy hasn't been involved in for yeah eighteen. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so I know that you like to stay inside and draw uh, and write stuff. I like collaging, yeah. Yeah. Collaging? Wait a minute. Love collaging. What were so where were you pulling images from? Uh, old books, old magazines. Um I like to go like to the Goodwill bins and get books. You know, you could just get old books by the pound. Yeah. Or just I feel like there used to be a, a lot of times eBay is a great place to find stuff because I a lot of the shops in Portland uh, like all old rare books and magazine stores, a lot of them have gone away, yeah. or they've moved to like yeah. just like tiny little spaces. But yeah, I've designed most of our record covers that way. That's so cool. Um, and that's, I always say, like I always feel like when it's it's kind of the last thing I have time for. Like these days, like usually we're touring or playing or doing something out. Um, it, it's a lot of times like in the winter or if I don't have a project going on, I'll get into collaging again. But I always feel like 
that it'll be the last thing when I'm like 80 or 90. Yeah. Like when everything else is kind of done, I can then I can really devote some time. Oh, to, yeah. Yeah. The full-time collagist. Yeah. Collagist? I think collagist. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a very specific... I mean, I, I know I really perked up when you said that, but <laughs> it, it, that's a, such a... I love... Doing collage, I don't. Yeah, right. I wouldn't say that it's something that I did outside of like occasionally in art class at school. We yeah. would do it, and then I ended up doing, I guess, some version of that for some art projects later in life. But it's just not. It wouldn't be something that I would go to over and over yeah. again. Even though it's super fun, and I yeah. don't have a reason why I wouldn't. It's so I fun, and it is it really kind of childish thing. too. I think that's great. Yeah, it's great. How like specific do you get in terms of like how? Um, uh, like that, like, detailed and kind of like fine-tuned are they i, I like i mean a I'm, gonna lot have times to go back. See, I'm gonna have to look at some of your yeah, yeah, record you album. Look, the problem is you don't go to a store and buy a record anymore so you don't see the artwork the i same know way you i do know that yeah right i miss that because it's nice i mean we still print vinyl so you know That's it's still good. nice to have like you know like a 12 inch record cover because it just looks good oh, but yeah, yeah. A lot of times. Do you think the other band? Do you think bands have just some some of them who have less of a visual element or an interest in their own lives anyway? Just kind of give up and are like, Ugh, just put a photograph of us. I, on I this don't thing. know. I still feel. I mean, even those bands, they might just be handing it off to someone who actually is will do a really good job. But yeah, the band might not care. But I still, I still feel like I see a lot of good record art, okay, and good. I still, I feel like I see more collages like these component. days. Yeah, I mean, to me it is, but yeah, a lot of times, if you're just listening to something on your phone, you can check out the art, but it's tiny. Yeah, you can glance uh, at it. And if it's something like, so many people listen to Spotify and Pandora now, it's right. like so yeah. fleeting that a song comes on and yeah. is gone, yeah. you don't really dive in the same way. Yeah, fully. How do you... Oh, that's a really weird I listen question. to Spotify. Yeah. I am mostly streaming. I don't... I like the idea that like owning music is almost done like well you do I mean, like vinyl's it, yeah. big but like as far as like yeah when someone like people send me like a link to their record i'll just listen and but when someone like sends me a download i'm like eh, like okay, i'm gonna download this then i'm gonna put it on my itunes and i'm gonna like transfer it to my phone like it's like a lot That's i true. do like being able to just click something and i listen to as much music as i ever did Probably more, yeah. Because I love having just like millions of songs at your fingertips. I think what it's do great. you? What do you? Um, when you Spotify and stuff, what do you? Do you have like stations that you sort of say? No, I, I still to to am it? into like listening to a band's whole record. Like okay, I do cool. like to hear the whole record. Cool. Um, but I like that there's just a section you can go to and just find the new releases. Um, because I don't like to read about music that much. Like I would. I don't need to read the review of record. I just want if someone tells me, "Hey, just go listen to this band." It's just as easy to just go listen. Right. A, a lot of times, the way I don't know, I like knowing less about a band, and like I would really just like to listen to a band's record. I don't need to like I don't need like photos and pictures and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's funny after talking about like an album cover. Like I don't even really need I, the album <laughs> cover sometimes. I mean, I, still I, the I, most I, important part should be the music. But right? I think the first, I think the difference between being the creator of the album and and creating a picture whether or not every single person who gets the album is going to take the time and care to see what the whole big picture is still feels like a wonderful process for the artist to say you know this is a way for me to kind of look at cumulatively what the album is and what it represents and sort of how to represent it visually i think it's a great exercise even if no one ever looked at it or saw it i still think it would be great for you to do well, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff like that, you feel like you do it for yourself, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't worry. Like, yeah, maybe no one will see this record. Maybe no one will hear this record. But, like, I like it. Like, yeah. if we've, you know, the band has done it, you know, finished 
the project to a point where everyone's happy with it. Sure. Then yeah, that's satis- some satisfaction at least. Well, it's something that I it just was it was fresh in my mind because I podcast Zoe Keating recently, and um, before I saw her, I was thinking like, didn't I remember her writing something about the sort of phenomenon of like iTunes versus selling an album versus everyone listening to music for free and kind of what that conversation is but that's also a conversation that i feel like every musician who is right. on a label has to have all the time because people are like oh what do you think like gossip <laughs> yeah. gossip gossip are you able to survive da, 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 da. yeah what so was oh wait was there you, a piece but... written about it that yeah, you were she thinking wrote, of she yeah. wrote something uh, for the la weekly um she's a bay area person but uh-huh. she but it was it was in the la weekly and i did remember um seeing it and it was sort of it's terrible now i can't even remember the total point basically she said i think she did say you know it's great to have this like like i won't complain about itunes because it's led to x y and z right that it's been more about the exposure and x y and z than it has about any kind of money monetary you can't live off of you know this amount of money that comes in from blank but if it helped her get you know a composing credit and you know suddenly she had this job on an amazing tv show that's huge and sort of having to see things bigger picture when you're making decisions like that as a musician because oftentimes it is sort of and i think that's true for what i do too is you know kind of well what's the big picture if i'm doing this thing for free but these people are going to see it and then cast me this other thing or i just get you know great collaboration out of it or kind of what that looks like opposed to a plus b equals c of you know we we wrote some songs we signed with a label we put the you know and then we go on tour and that's it and that's end of story yeah i mean well the crazy thing is now it's like well First of all, every, you should uh, people that expect to get paid for just every single thing you do are just not going to last in, in show business at all because it's yeah, you know, like no matter what you got to do, there's a ton of stuff you have to do. And the thing is, a lot of it you'll probably enjoy doing. Yeah, but yeah hopefully, yeah. Uh, but not like every single thing you do is going to bring money in. Um, the crazy thing I think since like. Uh, iTunes or even before it when you know when, when stuff went digital and people you know you had Napster and stuff like that like things change but then they just keep changing where if you put a record out every couple of years it's gonna the like everything is gonna be different every single time you yeah. put out a record so it's hard you don't get used to yeah one this thing. is the way it's gonna go and like this yeah is like first it was people were stealing albums well now people are buying albums but not as much well now they're not stealing or buying they're <laughs> just streaming right right so yeah and then you'll you know in a couple of years something else it'll you know it'll be different yeah. again who knows no that's a good point we uh, let me go back to when you were um when you started playing guitar and uh and what you were doing in high school now did that lead to you playing guitar alone in your room the same way you were drawing comics in your room or did you start a yeah. band right away um I, I got in a band right away because it was, t- you know, like you wanted to be in a band and it was, it's always like way too early. Like I played guitar for six weeks and, uh-huh. and met, you know, like, can you, can you, and want to be in this band? Of course I yeah. want to be in this band. I could. That's so great. But that's like everything. You just have to do all these things you're not ready for. You can't yeah. say, I'll wait till I'm ready. Just do it right now. And then you'll, you know, it's the whole fake it till you make it. Yeah. So yeah. So I was in a band and I couldn't play, but that didn't. You how know, did a, your playing skills compare? Was everybody in the same boat? Was it like they were crazy. better I than just me? Just learned how to play the drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were better than me, but that was good because then I learned. Uh, I learned yeah. uh, from those guys, and these are like people like I'm still friends with too, which awesome. is amazing. Um, yeah, some of my best friends. You know, this is like twenty whatever, like six years ago or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but also right away, 
playing songs like in my bedroom and writing songs and I kind of had the thing I know this is a common thing where like I would want to learn a song sit down to learn a song and try to learn it and you can't but you end up writing a you end up writing your own song that is maybe you know not a rip off but like a very simplified version sure. of what you were trying to learn um yeah so that uh yeah immediately it was like another thing I could do like alone in my room I feel like that was something that I care I- I'm sure I've touched on this in one form or another but I feel like that was something that I I worried about less as a teenager, and I think probably also because I didn't have the internet at my fingertips where right. I could get to see or find, locate every iteration of something to the point where if you want to go down the road of like, I'm sure this has been done before, I'm sure you could talk yourself out of anything, not just as a yeah. musician, but a visual artist, photography, video, comedy, any of that. But um, but I also think part of it was my maybe my age too, where uh-huh. I just felt like... I'm a, like rich in creativity. And even yeah. if it was the same three chords as a different song, I didn't, I wasn't worried about that. And I think I started to worry about that more as I got older. Like, Why? oh, no, am I not? Be-? I don't know. I think that it was like getting, get, worrying that each, each thing had to be so original that right. everyone would just be like, I've never heard anything like it's, this. Yeah. Which I mean, is maybe yeah. just an excuse to go, well, I'm afraid, so I'm not going to do well, it. Well, yeah, because you see it happen to a lot of people. I mean, there's so many excuses you can have. Or not, you know, you can, there are so many reasons you can tell yourself that will stop you from doing something. But that's a good point. I didn't even think about that because there's so Yeah, not growing up with the internet, it, it was... The way you described it, you know, for people now, it seems like it could be like such a block because it is showing you too much. And like it is showing you, yeah, someone's doing that same thing. But yeah. Even just being a band with a certain name. It's like you could be a band with a name for 10 years. If you weren't suddenly touring nationally, you could be, you know, the Gin Blossoms in Arizona. And there (laughs) could be like a hot New York band called the Gin Blossoms. And eventually one of you would have to give. But nowadays it's like... You, if you do a search, I'm sure probably like five, uh, the first five names a band picks is probably oh, like, yeah. nope, can't do that. Nope, Just can't do that. no names left. Yeah. Right. Which maybe explains why some band names are terrible. I know some really bad names right There's now. There's some bad <laughs> ones out there. Ugh. Um, let me uh, ask you this. What uh, were your first gigs like? And were you getting gigs? And were they um, kid related? Or were they like, no, we actually have this legit gig. At they the were. Like, I wouldn't say they're legit. They were like punk shows they were shows uh one of the first shows was at a uh it was called pepper tree pizza it was a pizza place <laughs> that's great one, all i need to know yeah. is a pizza place yeah it was great um one show was at a chili cook-off <laughs> wonderful yeah right wonderful um yeah i mean there was no so we were like uh you know like 16 and 17 and there were clubs that were like oh i mean like the big dream or the goal back then was if we, you know, one step beyond or like the Cactus Club, you know, if we can get just a gig, a show at the Cactus Club, you know, not even realizing like that's not the best goal to have. Like we were, we were playing shows that are actually, you know, shows that like at punk houses and the basements were actually way cooler. Yeah, yeah. Than but trying. your idea stuck in your head. Of yeah, sort of yeah. What this thinking, thing was. what's it gonna take to you know have a pro show at yeah, like a pro yeah. club? Um, so yeah, it was just like real. You know, there was a there was a Sunnyvale Music Club uh, in Sunnyvale. You know, it was right by San Jose, and it was just like a group of kids that would like organize shows. And um, you know, because there was a circuit even before the internet, and there was uh, you know there was you know bands would come through, and they you know bands from wherever across the country, and they were looking for a show, and just any show, like it doesn't matter if it's at a house or like 
you know, in a park, just any, you know, any, you're happy to have any show at all. Yeah. I think that's um, quite charming. And I think that that's, you only, this may not be true. My sense is that you kind of see that more in certain genres of music and and less in other genres. And I think there's something very humble and playful and great about just being like, dude, we'll take it. We'll take it. We just want to play, you know, we want to play. And again, it goes back to the kind of like, you never know. Or, you know, we're happy to just be doing this in this moment. And maybe it'll lead to something. But if not, we'll still have had a good time. Yeah, yeah. If not, we're still really enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like taking your lumps, but that, but, but it's not this thing that you're suffering through. Like, God, I can't believe Hopefully we have to do this Hopefully not. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who it's like that for, but you have to enjoy like that part of it because there's a good chance it's not going to go any, sure. any further than that. Now, this is kind of a meta question, but when you were in a band and there was uh, some initial awareness that you guys were kind of starting to play out and stuff like that, because I think it takes, to me, in my mind, going back to the fear idea, it takes a certain amount of confidence to, even if you feel uncool, to make the effort to learn an instrument and then to take the chance to try to be heard, right, yeah. to get a gig. Did you feel like, oh, now I'm doing the thing that I thought was going to make me cool, but I'm still me? Or did you kind of feel like, oh, look, I'm looking around like I think I did this, like I'm the cool guy now? I definitely didn't feel, I barely feel that now. I definitely uh-huh. <laughs> didn't feel cool then, but quickly I, uh, like it was so fun to write songs. I can remember like the first time I like put chords together and like wrote a song and you know, when you look back, you're like, oh, it's so, you know, you did all right for, you know, What was for your first being, song about? Um... What if you're like, it was about a chili cook-off? It was, I mean, it was about a girl, kind of. I mean, it was like, when you're that young, you don't even know. Like, it wasn't like, when you're, or for me, when I was that young, I was trying to write songs that sounded like I was a lot older and that I was wise and I knew what I was talking about relationships. And (laughs) it was like, now, you know, looking back on most of the songs I wrote, it's like, you had... No idea. You know, it's like you're finding a, your voice just like in any form. Um, do you feel like it specifically favored something like Nirvana? Or do you, do you, do you feel like there was a sound that your original... Um, I definitely sound... The thing was, um, Nirvana's songs are so inspiring. I mean, we all loved Nirvana back then. and But I think... Yeah, listen, I, real quick. I did not love Nirvana. Okay, okay. But I did like them. Yeah. And yeah. I liked a lot of songs. I, like, I really like Soundgarden. I really like oh, Pearl yeah. Jam. I'm not sure what block i had yeah. against loving nirvana but for you know, maybe some it's not maybe too many people you know maybe it's like time, I had a real or, problem with courtney love too i don't really know why but i, we, I, I mean we all I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think i've like that sort of tainted the whole thing for me i mean i like that about music or just about art you never you know things just speak to you you know to your heart and your taste and i always think when when people like get upset that people don't have the same taste in them or like I can't believe you don't like this band like how could you because a lot of times it's not a choice you don't listen and say hmm I'm going to decide whether or not to like right, this band right. it just doesn't touch you yeah. and so I don't feel it's crazy because people will really you know when you agree it's, with someone yeah. on a lot of like a lot of bands and there's one band you don't agree on people get so upset i'm like how can you like it's you know it's just yeah seriously what touches you you know yeah. your heart and your head 
That's a really good point, though. It's true that there's a sort of enthusiasm that builds and builds when you have so much in common with someone or you guys are enthusiastically agreeing or nerding out on something. And then there's like a, you know, the brake squeal. The record scratches, I guess, is the it's, more it's a perfect reference. analogy. Yeah, because it's mean, music. Yeah, but yeah, that you sort of kind of suddenly, and then it becomes this. I mean, it's not that it really isn't that different than a religious conversation, right? Where somebody who's like, I don't understand how you cannot believe in God. He's yeah. right. He's with me right now. He's yeah, in my yeah, heart. How can yeah. you not feel that? And then you're like, oh, I don't. I just don't feel <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, You know, sorry. and the, the, the other person's life has been so touched or improved, or they feel so understood by a thing they expected you to also feel understood by. Yeah. That there is this sort of moment of like betrayal or something where you sort of go, yeah. I'm just so frustrated that you don't understand. I it's funny and people it is like religion because people get so especially when you're like in high school or junior high like who your friends are it's all you're united by music or you're separate you know like you align yourself you know with the bands you love and then the bands you know the music you don't like is as important you know some people's identity is what music they don't like you know what you hate or just like you know for like you know for movies and tv and books and stuff too but there's something about music where like lines are drawn and a lot of times you know when you meet someone you're like what music do you like and a lot of people say oh i like all kinds of music and i do like all kinds of music but like people are afraid a lot of times to tell you their opinion yeah cuz they're afraid you're going to be like oh you like this and you don't like that and yeah. like people are so judgmental of people's well, music and what's tastes. funny is i think i wonder if this is true for more than just me but i i do feel like i always would say you know if someone says what kind of music do you listen to I think for me, it's just easier to say, oh, I like all kinds of music. Right. Because by and large, that's true. And I guess I, maybe there's some part of me that feels unwilling to say like, oh, I guess I lean into the sort of indie, you know, folk yeah. alternative because yeah. there's some part of you that feels like that's leaving out something that you might not be thinking of in the moment or there's Definitely. like three huge influences that have nothing to do with the thing you usually Definitely. listen to. Yeah. So you get scared to kind of, go, but like back in the day might've been easier when you're really trying to isolate your identity more, like have a loud voice to just go like, I listen to grunge. Yeah, that's, that's right. what yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I listen school, to that. Yeah, I, I don't have time punk, for anything else. Nothing else. else. Yeah, yeah. Right. But now it feels so much more like, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I'll get into some Genesis, but then like if someone's playing some rap, I mean, I'll get it, you know, yeah, you feel yeah. like you want to be more inclusive. Well, you don't want to meet someone harder. to be like, they're like, what music do you like? And you're like, I like Genesis. And then forever they're like, you're the person that like, that's like Girl. Genesis. That's all that's I know about is. you. Yeah. That's all right? you're that entirely defined. Yeah. That is tricky. Yeah. Do you feel it, because of what you do? I mean, I'm, I, I used to be somebody certainly who, and I just hear this from friends of mine a lot, who um, who really did sort of chase down like new bands. And I remember thinking like when I'm, I remember thinking even like 10 or 15 years ago, God, David Cross is X amount of years older than me and he's still so keyed in. Like that's right. how I'm going to be. I'm going to yeah. be the person who always knows the brand new sweet yeah. like college yeah. radio band. And, um, and then it is, and then that, first of all, it became possible for kind of anyone to be that because of Pandora and Spotify. Right, which is they cool. I think, kind of I think that is I cool. Think that is yeah. really cool too. And then also, I mean, like I get, for example, like an under the, under the radar magazine, like yeah. newsletter, I get that. And so I'll scroll through it and stuff, but like you, that isn't really like, there was a time when my relationship with music was such that that is what I would spend my time doing. I would yeah. read about it knowing I was going to eventually listen to it or I would try to get 
a sense of something based on a description. And then at some point I realize, especially with like iTunes descriptions, if I have to read one more thing that's like, the, but the ethereal guitar, know, blah, right? blah, blah, like yeah. it all starts to run together. Oh, yeah. And also I feel like I never agree with whatever just the one iTunes description is when they're like, yeah. when they started working with the producer of Death Cab for Cuties, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe that will, maybe now I have an expectation that will be something like X, Y, Z. Then I put that. it on. I'm like, then it does go to the religion thing where I'm like, wait a minute. How could yeah. you possibly? You yeah. said if I like Nick Drake, I'll like these <laughs> yeah, guys. Right. These guys yeah. sound like Duncan Sheik to me. What are you talking yeah, 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 about? Yeah. This isn't authentic. You know, so it does become kind of like, ugh, what's the point? I do sometimes benefit from people who bought this also bought kind of thing or like yeah. people who search for this also search for. Sometimes I can kind of go down a cool wormhole with that, a rabbit hole with that and go like, oh, this lead me to this. And it was like not the next person I clicked on, but like three people away from that. I found the thing that I most closely would associate with this other thing I love. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I feel like Spotify has done a good job like the related artists – because I'll go. I went to art. You know, I went to the thermal. Said, okay, who who are they going to say? Oh yeah. And it was it was pretty good because they they're they're recommending things that are like sim like similar in style, but then also like at the level you're at too. They're not yeah. going to send you to like some huge band. You know, they're right. going to send you know ours like linked to like Japan Droids and Titus Andronicus and maybe the Hold Steady. And I was like, oh okay, all I yeah. feel like. That's a great company to yeah, be yeah, in. Yeah. Like, I like that. And agreed that that's not those aren't bands that are like, ugh, might as well be a carbon copy. Like it's definitely yeah, right. sort yeah, of yeah, definitely. eclectic enough that yeah. it doesn't feel like it's just, you know, lining them up on an assembly line or something. Yeah, and I was glad yeah, I was glad to see these are bands like I like and respect and because I wouldn't, I was afraid that I was going to go and be like, "Oh wait, this is how we're lumped." Yeah, in? it's like, like googling no. yourself, so going, right. "I wish I wouldn't have done that sort of right. thing." Yeah, yeah. What when you um, what was your dating life like when you were in high school? Did being in a band change that? In no, any no. Way, I mean, no. It was almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not at all. Don't rush not the answer. Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so that that didn't improve your date? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh. Yeah, I it was just uh Yeah, like I said, like being in a band did not make me any cooler. It was and I think I had a big part like our band was kind of funny and we wore like flannel sweatpants, you know. It was the nine it was very nineties. Yeah. And we were like a punk band you know, my first couple of bands were punk bands, but we were just always really silly. Um but yeah, it did not help me with girls <laughs> at all. <laughs> did you have crushes that ever yeah, of course. Even came into fruition? Uh, not in high school. Not in high school. And I was a virgin until I was 19. So that was like a couple years after high school for me. Um, and it was okay. It was all right. Um, the thing was like the whole like wanting to be cool and wanting to use music to be cool went away like really quickly. Yeah. Like kind of, whoa. That's a breezy rain wind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I actually, you know, I actually like just really started enjoying music when I was playing it and all the like, uh, the cliches. Of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be such yeah. a magnificent. Those, those went away, thankfully, because yeah. it's, that's not, yeah, it's not really good reasons to get into something. Well, I'm thinking back on someone like Rhett Miller and I, I actually feel like that just kind of was still a thing that like, you know, came for him. But he was playing different kinds of music. Yeah, yeah. You know, being like a, lo- a love machine. 
Also, it may be totally wrong. I might go back and listen to his podcast episode and go, wait, I don't know why I thought that. That's totally not what he said at all. Um, I think I think of it now because I can't be in a room that he is also in without like eight women being like, really? What are you going to do? Couldn't happen yeah. to a nicer guy. Yeah. At least there's that. I'm happy for him. Yeah. What else were you into? Did you, um, were you still, did you remain interested in kind of art and comics and stuff like that? Or did that dwindle? Yeah, I, I definitely you... did. I definitely did. Um, I think I was more drawn to uh, performance though. Like there is something, you know, there's something so gratifying, especially like live performance that it's just like a feeling that you can't get you know, when you're creating something at home and you definitely want to show people, and you want people to see it, but just like being able to like kind of be in the moment with something and perform uh, is really exciting. And I never got sick of that. You're right. It's a totally different experience. The The experience of the creation of something in the moment is very different than creating something and then putting it out into the world right. and being separate yeah. from a person's experience of it, which is interesting because you get both now, right? You get to perform live and you go on tour and... But yet you also have the songs that are living on for people in their Definitely. private lives. To yeah, enjoy. right. And I mean, for me, like kind of once the record's done, rec- once we're done recording, it's kind of done for me. Like if, you know, if we're happy with what we did and like, but I love recording. I love, but it's such a small part of what we do because it's only, you spend like two or three weeks actually recording. I mean, we spend a lot of time writing and, you know, and rehearsing, but then the actual recording is over very quickly. Um and then, yeah, it's nice to, I mean, it's nice to perform. When, once you're done with the record, all you want to do is play those songs for people, but then people don't even know those songs. Right. So a lot of it, you know, I, I say now, like it used to be, you know, the way the music business works, like you went on tour uh, to support your record because records sold, you know, records sold. Now that records don't really sell, you just put out a record to support your touring. So really it's just like, well, we want to go, we need to go play shows again right. to tour, but we can't do it without making another record. So really, you're just making a record as an excuse right, uh, right. to go tour again. Right. Do you? And so you just mentioned it about when you write the new songs and that's what you want to play. Is that and is there is there a tension there when you sort of know that you're going to be playing for crowds who know pre-existing music? You're hot on the new music, yeah. And you sort of hope that someone's going to be on board for it when you're like, now we're going to play a new song. Yeah. You know, there's like blank stares of people being like, oh, well, I'm not going to know that. And that's and that is how I feel when I go to see a band too. You know, like you do want to hear the songs you love. And I'm never when people are like excited that we play new songs. Obviously, that's great, and I feel like that's been happening more often lately. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, like really, like you want to hear a new song? Because well, yeah, I think that's cool. You I know, think it's great. No, yeah, it's great. it is great. I was thinking, I was thinking that I feel like my relationship to that is. When I'm really, when I really love someone and I love their last album, for example, if I were to see, this is, uh, some people have no idea what this is and some people who do know will be like, ugh, get in line, everyone loves this band. But um, for me, still, Frightened Rabbit, just, uh-huh. I love, I just, cool. I, you know, I'm totally into it and um, and really great live shows. If I went tomorrow, I mean, he just released two, he slash they just uh-huh. released two new songs and there's a new album coming. I totally pre-ordered the album. Like, oh, easy. I know awesome. I'm going to want yeah. all the songs, you know. Yeah. Um, and 
if they came and um, I was told like no songs will be played except new songs, I would be totally down for that. Yeah. But if somebody came that I love or I have an affection for, but when I think about it, it's like two albums back that I really, really connected with. Like if Spoon came, for example, I would be like, oh my God, all I want to hear is like the first three albums. Yeah. Then I would have a, bl- like when they were like, we're going to play I'd be like, well, let's hope for the best. Yeah. You know? So if you're like a hardcore fan... I think it is exciting to see what that band is excited about or what the freshest thing that you get to fall in love with for the first time, right? Because you already have exhausted sort of the freshness of even stuff you love and the love to hear. Songs, yeah. Uh, didn't Brit, he produced the Frightened Rabbit, their first record or second record? I don't know, record? maybe. I'm pretty sure he did. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. To talk about all these things. And I, because I, I felt like, I, I'm almost positive, maybe if it wasn't their first record, it was the second one. And it, and, it was definitely like it had that kind of spoon feel because I mean the production on those spoon. I mean I love spoon. Actually, that doesn't. Yeah, I was gonna say I almost thought I might have seen them together at some yeah, point. It, yeah, I, I, I think remember so. I saw spoon I and the so. clientele, which I thought was the weirdest combination. Oh really? Yeah. At the time, I was more into the clientele than I yeah. was spoon um, because spoon had sent like they they were their older stuff is what I really responded right. to. It's so funny the rough around the edges thing and how it gets more and more polished. Is the same thing happened with the clientele? The more polished something gets sometimes the harder it is for me to connect with wait when was it was like ga 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 was that too polished for yeah you? for me i think it still yeah. was um, i mean i, I, I love, do like, still a love that record sneaks, you know yeah. i really oh really like, okay love, so going like, way, back. way back yeah 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 and the um, same with yeah and then the same with the clientele like i love the early stuff that just right. sounds like they recorded it inside a washing right. machine yeah. or something yeah and then the more polished it gets the more sort of bland it became to me it's such a it's a hard i think it's hard for bands because like you, I've definitely felt that way about a lot of bands, and I've felt that way about my own band sometimes. And there's, there's, it's hard. You like have to evolve, and sure, but, but a lot, but that does happen a lot. Like it's hard, you know, it's hard to not clean up I, t- stuff. That the, totally the makes sense you, to you're me. Around. Yeah, it's I mean, really that totally hard. makes sense to me. I yeah. think there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure there. Are, uh, what's funny is I think. It's that thing where when it's done right, because I don't feel that way about your band, but when I think I think when it's done right, you don't notice that. You just think it sounds great. And maybe right. when it's maybe when there's there's an element that is missing, or maybe when it's maybe not the perfect version of that is when you notice that. Because I feel like there's gotta be for every one band, of which I think I could probably name one more. Those uh-huh. are the ones that I actually feel that way about. Yeah. I don't really feel that way about anyone else. Right. But I, I think, and you think, and then you think about someone like, you know, Tom York and Radiohead and that evolution and the uh-huh. fact that he was just like, fuck you. I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not interested in making, like, I want to look back and go, I don't make that music anymore. I don't make right. that. I would never make right. that album again. Never, never. Not that yeah. you're not proud yeah. of it, but that you're like, you need to be along with me for the ride or you can go fuck yourselves. Right. I totally respect that too. And it's interesting to see how people respond as the years go by and sort of, and then also going back to old stuff and going, I didn't get this then. And now for some reason I'm really connecting with it. Yeah. When you have a body of work, like you guys have been around for such a long time that, um, there's also the potential to revisit something from halfway through and go, God, I, you know, now I love this anew and it, I I I feel that way. It's about some of our records and other people. I mean, it's it's always interesting to see how records age because you never know a lot of times a record comes out and people don't really like it. And then 20 years later, everyone's like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like some things just age well or just kind of age differently. And I couldn't yeah. have less of a sense of why. 
You know oh, I have I mean? no idea. Like, thank God I'm not a music like historian that. or a cri- an art critic in any way because yeah. I'm. It's so ephemeral to me. I would just be like, uh, yeah, I have no, no idea. No. But I kind of like having no idea. And like a lot yeah. of times, bands, the bands that get success, I, I could never predict. I could never tell you that band's going to be huge. The bands that I think are going to be huge are not. And then a lot of times, I'll love a band, but I'll be like, ah, oh, but they're they'll never be like mainstream, and then they blow up. You know what? Same no, thing with no like idea. if you would have told me. 10 years ago like by the way Zach Galifianakis is going to be some right. everyone knows his yeah. name yeah. I would have been like oh, you know what I'm so sorry but I, I he's a genius and that's why I don't think anyone will no, ever I, think that's, that yeah, yeah. so it happens there too where you go god I can't believe this one person or this one writer or whatever has not had their due yeah. and yet I see something else that I'm like huh Yeah. so that okay well, it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Something that you is, is very fringe and that you can love, but know how fringe it is can, like, yeah, years later be as mainstream, yeah, or be accepted uh, yeah. in the mainstream. Man, I'm so, again, I'm just so glad I don't have to be, I'm not the one responsible for sort of determining yeah, right. what and why. Because yeah. then I would be just like one of those iTunes writers where I would be like, <sighs> Hutch's humorous take on, you know what I mean? Just like, uh, yeah. how many new ways can I sort of say the same thing? Oh, or how do I find yeah. a new, I really want to say something differently, but I honestly don't know how. And, yeah. you know, like when I think about, and this is again, the, the hugest cliche for me to pull something like this out is incredibly boring. But feeling like, like being the person who's saying, like, how do I describe the sugar cubes? Like, how do I talk about even before Bjork was just Bjork like how do I talk about this I don't have a ton of stuff to compare it to right I don't have a ton of stuff to compare her to yeah you know like what what, what am I going to do that gives this justice you know it's I've written a couple <laughs> record reviews and it was the hardest thing and these are records I like too I I think like if I were you asked to review them for a publication yeah, the, uh, the talk like, house mm-hmm. you know that so I did uh, like Albert Hammond Jr.'s record and then I did the beach slang record I think I just did I think I just did those two and I like struggled <laughs> like so I was like if this I couldn't do this as a job I yeah. could not yeah because you do because you're you're writing about something that really is abstract mm-hmm. and and like you said it's so emotional it's so hard yeah. to kind of deconstruct that and right? just talk about it from like what feels like a technical place somehow. Yeah. And you don't want it to be too technical because then who's going to relate or who's going to, yeah. who wants to read that? Yeah. Were you, I, I thought like if I could just, if I had to do this as a job, I would just have to trash every record because that seems, I don't know why, you know, like you see someone just tear up something in a review. You're like, God, that's horrible. But there is something like visceral or satisfying about read. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. Like a train wreck. But. Well, and it's also, I think it's kind of what you, I liked what you mentioned before, which is people can identify themselves more strongly by what they don't like rather than what they do. Yeah. There's something very, it's a different kind of feeling empowered. And I don't know if it's good, you know, I'm not yeah, saying it's, it's like, that's the right yeah. thing, you know, yeah. but I do think that there's a specific kind, there's something very safe in some ways about being able to just totally tear something apart because I'm sure if you pick at anything enough, you can find things that someone would hate. Even if you don't, Ooh, you can find I mean, a way to kind of really, go. I mean, really like that kind of thinking is why like Trump is doing well and why like great because he's like yeah let's, it's like no, we're let's uniting not offer solutions I'm just yeah. gonna shit on everything else right and like <gasps> let's unite Good against Muslims point. 
who you don't have any reason to hate, but yeah. I can make you hate them yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Oh God. Oh my God, that's a. I really didn't really good mean to get into Trump because it's no. Sucks, you made but... everything that I just said sound like it had a loftier um, <laughs> oh, good, truth okay. attached to it. It became way more important yeah, yeah. than me being like, I don't know, I just like some yeah, bands. Yeah. And now we're into fascism. <laughs> yeah. God, we did it. We really did it. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting year. Oh God. It already I is. know. Yeah, it already is. I really am on such a roller coaster of one day I'll be fascinated by it and I'll have a lot of enthusiasm for kind of like I'll come at it from a very optimistic place. Uh-huh. Like, no, this is this is a really interesting deconstruction yeah. of our country and we're yeah. going to find out so much. And, da, da, da. and then the next day with nothing changed, I'll wake up and be like, I'm so embarrassed to be American. Yeah. So and some days I'm just ill. I'll, I'll be like, I just can't look yeah. for, at the news for a day or two because it's it's horrifying but then yeah some days i'll feel really optimistic too this is all gonna pass this is hilarious it it is scary and sad but it will pass yeah i don't yeah i don't know what the outcome will be i don't know in what form it will take its passage do you listen to this american life uh not all the time i mean i have listened a lot yeah there's there's i i've really been enjoying the i guess coverage if you want to call it that that they've been doing which is with this one reporter named zoe chase who is um I don't even want to say she's an acquired taste after, especially after we've just been talking about shitting on people. Um, she's, she's from, I mean, she's, she's probably from the Northeast or from Chicago. She, she has that sort of flat, you know, I wanted to talk to, um, so it's a very specific voice and accent. Yeah. And I think that what we've been kind of, what we've cultivated as the idea universally as like an NPR voice um, even Ira Glass's voice isn't necessarily right. Terry Gross's voice, but uh, she just doesn't fit into any of those boxes. Okay, yeah, and yeah. so initially, when I heard her, I was like, "Oh no! Like, wh- I can't. I'm not going to even be able to hear what she's saying because I can't stop thinking of her as a character from a movie or something." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she has that. She's done a couple of pieces that have delved into the kind of Trump of it all in such a personal, unique, like isolated human. Here's this person who really supports him, or she did one where it was. Um, was like a i feel he's maybe a, also a pastor but he was um a, sort of a, a a talk show a talk radio host who's very conservative who's you know a, probably a big rubio or Cruz fan uh-huh. but who um is extremely christian and is you know horrified as many as many republicans and christians are about donald trump um and has this guy who would call into a show all the time and they always agree on everything and this guy outed himself to be this huge trump supporter uh-huh. and so this this character who normally someone like me, for example, or someone like a This American Life listener, I think the assumption is fair to make, would not even give the time of day to the, you know, talk radio Christian right winger. Suddenly he becomes a sympathetic character uh-huh. as we're ha- watching him have this emotional crisis where he's like, God, what am I missing? I don't feel that Trump is, you know really embraces any of the qualities that I find so important about being conservative and who is this guy that I thought agreed with me on everything kind of like we were talking about where you're like well we agree on this 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 wait a minute you don't agree on this Trump really so he has this sense of betrayal and then she also just did this piece last week um, and I'm sorry for those of you who came here to listen to Hutch and now are just listening to me talk about (laughs) this American life but um, there's a it's a young gay black adopted kid in the south who is this ardent trump supporter and she just kind of unravels this thread of the sweater of uh 
uh, of kind of, well, what, why did he, you know, trying to get her head wrapped around the mystery that yeah, he is? How, like, how why is be? he, I don't get it. Right. And, um, and I, and, and it actually, the story does kind of go in through different incarnations. So I don't want to go way into it, but it is a really, that those are the kind of stories where I think, God, I do want this information. I do want to know why right. someone, what's going on in yeah. different people's minds that to lead understand. to this yeah. person, you know? It's very interesting. Were you political law when you were younger? Um, I mean, I've always go paid attention. Of, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've, you know, we've done some political-ish records and songs. We try to not. We don't want to be like a, a political band. I, w- I don't want to be known as. You like, don't even the Midnight Oil. Uh... Oh, I love Midnight Oil. Though. <laughs> but but you get pay. You know, you Portland, can get pigeonholed yeah. too easy. Yeah. You know, and then and you then... feel a responsibility to be so on top of it well, right. and so yeah, and it's not loud it's not, and it's so not fun. Yeah. It's not if someone tells me like, "Hey, check out this band. They're super political." I'll be like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, "Okay, one. yeah, it doesn't That's sound true. like super fun." That feels like work. That feels like you're trying. Yeah. To teach right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because the Bay Area sort of has. I mean, I think it's it's very encouraging in being this kind of microcosm where you sort of see more grassroots stuff happen than maybe in other places. So sometimes it like can affect younger people faster in a way that other areas maybe doesn't. Don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm always paying attention. I like to know like what's happening. even if, I feel like right now it's it's so easy to know you know you can keep up so easily but it's just so distasteful like, <laughs> what's, what's happening right yeah, now yeah your whole, your next album isn't going to be about uh the republican debates oh god <laughs> like i mean it's just a freak show it's just a freak show and and to see it's amazing like how far the right moved to the right and then how far the left the fact that like Ber- it doesn't surprise me that Hillary's doing well. The fact that Bernie is doing well, like that is radical. Like yeah. but that's freaky too. Like yeah. it's crazy. Like there's just an a way way bigger gap between the left and the right now. And yeah. already there already has been, yeah. you know, in the past, you know, for for you know, for almost as long as I can remember. Well, I do like the idea and again, I mean obviously this isn't a political podcast, but uh I do want to shout out my Republican listeners who are extremely polite and uh-huh. thoughtful and sweet. And when a, when I do a, an episode like Janine Garofalo that offends some people where they feel like she's made a blanket statement about, you know, all conservatives are blank and all Republicans are blank. Um whether or not she was saying that, I I won't speak to that because I don't have the episode in my ear right yeah. now. But um but I think, you know, the sort of impatience towards certain viewpoints, I think it would be really easy for someone to write me and say, you know, she's dead wrong and I'm offended and I don't like this. But they're really thoughtful, kind people. And they're very clear to say, you know, these are the reasons that I consider myself a Republican or these are cons- reasons I consider myself an independent. And these are all the problems I have with the other stuff right. that I'm trying to fight from the inside. Right. Um, or, or, you know, I don't have a problem with this and this is why. And I do... I realize that I do and probably always will want to have that kind of dialogue with someone about it rather yeah. than just go, I don't need to hear what you have to say. I've already made up my mind. Um, I do want to hear it, but I want it to be articulate and I want it to be a respectful conversation. And I think there's too far in certain directions when you just feel like someone's screaming about something or, or just calling out a certain group and saying they're responsible for all our problems. Then that's where it gets tough. Well, yeah, and I don't, On I don't either side. think you can point to Trump and say, I don't think he re- represents the Demo- uh, the Republican party at all. And I yeah. know 
a lot of the pro- you know the GOP hates Trump. Like he is like screwing things up. And if if you think like if you go back to eight years ago, like think of like someone like John McCain put him next to Trump. It's like worlds apart. Yeah. Like it's worlds so apart. different. It's. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such a mess right now, and it's not... Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Trump... It's just... The worst thing to see about Trump is how many people are supporting him, because it's like, you know, it's not just one crazy person. It's like, wow, these. if you do agree with someone saying all these horrible things... Like just yeah, what does that say like about the well, country and about kind of, these people? Yeah, I mean Bernie Sanders is not is it's not they're not equivalent to one another, right? It's not like Bernie no, Sanders no, is, no. but it's fascinating that they exist in the same it sphere for wild. sure. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, it's like you know if I'm trying to think of what the version of Trump would be on the the left that represents the radicalist, exciting part of somebody who's not who claims to not be beholden to, you know what I mean? It's like if Martin Sheen suddenly yeah, was okay, running good. for yeah, yeah. Someone, office, someone would, you know, somebody yeah. that you're like, oh, I know you have strong opinions for this part, particular party. And or this, Sean Penn, maybe Sean, Sean Penn. Penn. Yeah. yeah. And so he, and they're just like, fuck the system. Yeah, Everything's right. broken. I'm pissed. I'm tired yeah. of it. I'm going to change everything. And I don't listen to any of you fucks. I feel like on this, by the same token, anybody who was sort of on the, I'll use the right for lack of a better word, but it might be the same kind of situation where I would feel the spark of like, God, this is satisfying. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. And I don't feel that about Trump because I don't agree with what he's saying, but the right. spirit of it, right. if I saw that in someone um, whose opinions I kind of aligned with my own more, I don't know. And that's yeah. what I have to think about because if that's the case for me, then you know, people who believe differently from me, maybe they're holding on to that part of the Trump-ness. Well, it's sad because if, to, why couldn't... Know, it would be great if you could have just like this is gonna be crazy to say, but like the good parts of Trump, like I'm an outsider, the system's broken. But but if you had that without all the racism and, and the all this, like, why does it have yeah. to be like so racist yeah. to like so many different groups, like pretty much everyone? Yeah, yeah, like because the system is broken in a lot of ways, and it is exciting to have an outsider say that this is broken. But at the and same who, time, he has he has zero experience. Well, and who knows? I, and honestly, who knows what's going to? I mean, I that's know, the other right? argument. Yeah. Is people are like, look, even if he's elected, you know, every time we have a presidential election, people are like, that's on either side. Whoever wins, yeah. that's it. The country's going to shit. Yeah. Everything's going to change. Everything will change. Yeah. And then uh, some stuff changes, and then most stuff doesn't. And people who are like, I'm moving to Canada, yeah, and they don't no move to Canada does. because no it's does. fine. Yeah. And so internally. You know, one could make the argument like, well, we have a checks and balances system, which actually prevents us from getting a lot done in many situations yeah, on right. either side. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe not that much would change. But I my personal feeling about it. And again, I will. I'm about to move off of this and do this mash game. But my personal yeah, feeling right. about it is that is not someone that I, I you guys can totally disagree with me. That's just not someone I want um, meeting with leaders of other nations in the world. No. It, globally, they're already com- globally. I'm them. not comfortable yeah. with that. I'm no. just not, you know, yeah. So I do feel like that would make a difference. Yeah, I mean, already, like, already other countries are like, yeah, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me get into this match. All right. Thanks for um, getting into that with me. I was not expecting to at all, but then it just kind of popped out. But you know what? It's something that's on a lot of people's minds because it's the thing that we're surrounded yeah, by every ding-dong day. Right. Okay, MASH. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hutch. Number Which one, I played a lot. Like, I, mean, I don't know what you know. It was like fourth and fifth grade, maybe maybe into junior high too. I remember, like, it was one like, like 
I would have my friends, my sister. My sister's just like a year and a half younger, so we were like pretty close. It'd be like all like so you me had and a good my relationship versus like siblings. Yeah, no, we had a great relationship. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, okay, then I'm gonna go super old school with the first one, just cool. for a retro sake, which is three um, vehicles that are like your dream way of getting around. Okay, let's. I think we should go back then because I can remember like a Porsche would great. be a great. Uh, a Lamborghini. Great. Like before I even knew what these things were, by the way, on my end, I wasn't oh, yeah, a car kid, barely, so yeah. I had just some vague idea it was an expensive car. I had a poster that was Garfield in a Lamborghini. <laughs> that, like, that's how I knew. That's how I knew a Lamborghini. Yeah, right? That's as it should be. That is as it should be. Yeah. So oh, that God, would be my amazing. Dream. Yeah, I'll okay. have a Lamborghini. Great. And, Porsche, Lamborghini, yeah. Porsche. I don't have to say uh, Porsche. Yeah, should I say Porsche? Um, I don't think you're supposed to. I think it's my dad speaks German and he has a very sort of old like Porsche that he shares with his best friend. It's okay. the most adorable thing in the okay. world. <laughs> um, and uh, and he always gets mad when people are like, "It's Porsche." Yeah, He's yeah, like, "No, that's just how." Like, I don't have a German accent right, when yeah. I speak English, yeah, so I don't have to yeah, say that. Yeah. So you're you're safe. Okay. Porsche, Lamborghini. Wait, do they all have to be dream cars, or should, is there supposed to be one like like? A, it depends on how you play. If you want to throw in a gong throw, show, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a Toyota uh, Tercel in there too because <laughs> that was my car. Great. Uh, like when I was seventeen. What's the difference between a Tercel and just a Corolla? The Tercel was a, I don't know if they all were. Mine was a hatchback. So I think okay. that was, yeah. I like a hatchback. Yeah. Love a hatchback. Got one right now. Got one right now. Uh, I hope I can see. This almost looks like I wrote ferret, but I will try to remember that that is That's a Tercel. That's why I live in Portland. So, you know, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. People, yeah. My other car is a ferret. <laughs> my other car is a ferret. Amazing. Um, let's do three. Now, we'll do three vacation homes. I will give you the... Uh, the very long leash of okay. it can be a total fantasy world, like, you know, Narnia kind of scenario oh, like as well. That. It can okay. be real or fictitious. Well, I think Hawaii should definitely Great. be one. Um, how about the moon? Can I Great. just, can I go to the moon? Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's say it's somewhere in Mexico too. Okay. Yeah. By the water? Definitely. Okay. I think always by the water. Is there, do we find water on the moon? In the in the fantasy, there's in your water fantasy, on the moon. Maybe a, we'll bring. In, in your fantasy, have... there's a swimming pool that goes okay. also into the house. Okay. Oh, of course <laughs> there is. Oh, of course outdoor. there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simultaneous pool. Great. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, yeah. Perfect. Uh, okay, next category will be... God, you know, I got to do it. People are expecting me to ask it. Three bands that um, uh, either they're alive and well or a singer songwriter whoever that you still could or uh, people that um have long since broken up or departed this world that would have been amazing to play with and you can give yourself a um a goose egg in here too if you want to or you can just do three that you love i have to pick good ones i think yeah uh okay i want to i want to pick bands but they but all like in their 90s versions in case they're still around and uh let's so let's say smashing pumpkins great um, Sonic Youth. Great. Uh, and Pearl Jam. Great. Yeah, you really were careful to say the 90s versions of. Um, okay, great. Uh, next one is got to do my uh, food that is not bad for you. In fact, is enriching and wonderful for you. It can have the snap of your finger and can be as specific as general as you like brownies to a special brownie that you would get only the small. Just any great food. Mm, yeah, but something that's bad for you that you think, God, I wish you could eat or drink this more often, but I just well, have to really limit then. it. Yeah. Pizza, for sure. Let's get that pizza in there. 
Um, I'm trying to, I feel like everything I eat is bad. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to narrow down. Are, are cheeseburgers or cheese, cheeseburgers are bad, right? I mean, right? I guess yeah. they're not. They're I probably mean, they not are, the ideal health yeah, food. Yeah. I think if you were eating too many cheeseburgers, you might have a heart attack. Yeah, I think that is. So what's def- that, that would okay. say that qualifies. Um, burritos, Let's yeah. put burritos in there. I mean, really, I'm just describing my diet. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible because you seem very healthy. To I me. go to the gym a lot, well, a lot. I guess it that's just it. always, yeah. It's you just figure out what your balance. relationship is to finding that balance. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. as long as you're not killing yourself over it, I think. Yeah, yeah. in either direction, with yeah. fitness or with right. fat. Um, uh, oh, we're saying, guys, let's just look out for yourselves. I like the right. idea of being able to say, look, this is the thing that's important to me. I like it. And this is how I kind of, this is how I counterbalance it because I don't want it to, to have the effects that it yeah. could otherwise have. Yeah, right. Nothing wrong with that. Um, let's do, I want to do fake best friend that is, um, like not human. So you have three, uh, best friends out of fiction, out of cartoons, something like that, that are your best buddies. Okay, well, let's get Garfield in there. <laughs> really, really hoping I guess for Garfield in the Lam- Garfield rolls up in the land. God, he's never, I, uh, I mean, the only thing he's ever going to be excited about is lasagna. You're going to be like, look at I know, this beautiful sunset like grumpy. at my yeah, vacation yeah. home in Mexico, Garfield. And he's going to be like, is it Monday? Yeah, I like that. I feel like uh, most people I like date or am friends oh, with kind of have that grumpy attitude. Great. I like great. it. I'm attracted to it. Great. Yeah. Um, wait, these are just, wait, uh, is it an animal? Is that what you said? I, it just animals, is not just... a per. I mean, it can't be a real person. So I guess it could be, you know, uh, the tick or it could be like a, you know, it could be a comic book person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just not like, you know, Jane Fonda. No, no, it couldn't be. No, Jane Fonda. Okay. Um. Okay, um, I want uh, Fry from Futurama. Oh, great. 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 Last one. Last one. Okay. I wish that you guys could see him right now because he is... He happens to to be sitting with his legs folded up so he sort of looks slightly uh, meditative anyway. And then you literally just put two fingers between your eyes like... (laughs) Like you're like, focusing this is the deeply. Thing I've ever <laughs> had to do. Um, are we gonna pick girlfriend or wife? Mm-hmm. Like after this? Yeah. Okay, so this is not that because I this almost is not that. okay. But um, if you're gonna pick a cartoon first friend for your girlfriend or wife, that's also very exciting. This is just like a bro, just some yeah, weird bro. yeah. Um, it's your buddy. I want Beetlejuice. Great. Oh, great. Yeah, that know. That's really kind fun. of a that's double edged for sure. Like, no, it do is, you want but that? Do you want him hanging around? But I yeah, think maybe you do. It'll be fun. Yeah, I think maybe you do. I my crush on Michael Keaton was so severe. Oh, yeah, right. that I would have had sex with him even when <laughs> even he was covered with, with thorns. Yeah. Even his thorns yeah. were coming out of his body and his face was rotted. I yeah. Oh, Michael Keaton. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then we'll do that next. So, alternate universe, sexy times, wife, girlfriend, um, however fleeting or however long term. Okay. Uh, Winona Ryder. Great. Let's get right into it with Winona R. I feel like it's all going to be just like Tim Burton heroines. Uh, great. Christina Ricci. Great. Great, great, great. Three. I remember when we did the live show. And yeah. Like, it was, oh God, everyone was, so was taking it so because like, I wanted it was Sarah, you to be able right? to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. But no, that's okay though. I just liked watching other people like, 
th- like thinking so hard. Yeah. Like it uh, feels yeah, suddenly yeah. like the most important thing I, you've ever done. I know, announced. right? I know it does. Like why you just can't like it's describing. You know, we're talking about music because describing. It's, it's describing of, your personality. Exactly. Yeah. It's this way you walk away going. It's exactly what we said. Like you don't want to say, "Oh, I only like Simon and Garfunkel." No, no. Then you're like, that I'm, person. This is who I. This I is know. more revealing. I feel like I'm revealing myself like way more than you any just other. Like disclose the secret of Mash. The secret. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um. I am almost there. Oh, really? There's just so many. God, now you've made me have this like weird sexual fascination with like the idea of fan fiction of Winona Ryder's character in Beetlejuice and Christina Ricci as Wednesday Adams. Like, what does that look like? Remember, there was the Beetlejuice cartoon after the movie, and they were kind of a couple, like kind of, which is really weird because she's like. Fifteen or something, and he's like a, a million weird ghoul. Yeah. It was really like they kind of. I don't think they. I don't know what they yeah. showed them doing, but they were definitely kind of a. Couple. It's almost. I wonder if it's like sort of a like like uh, the doctor and his companion. Like if there's something sort of romantic and couple yeah. about it, but it's yeah, mostly no, that is not a good, yeah. really. But it's weird. There's something kind of paternal, but yeah. Like, well, that's uh, true. Yeah. Um, okay, Mia Sarah. Uh, but as Sloan yeah. in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, of course. Great. Although in Legend, I don't know what her character's name was, but she like kills me too. Now, not to weird you me. out, okay. but I don't think this is true anymore. Okay. But not long ago, I would have been able to walk you to both Mia Sarah's house and Christina Ric- Ricci's house Can't in breathe. my neighborhood. <laughs> Breathe. I guess I'm not right after your house. I'll just be I could have tried stuck in the neighborhood. Right. Know, okay, it's so easy. I think um, I'm having a heart. I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, I can't I don't feel want my. You. I want you yeah, to feel I do want you. Uh, well, no, okay. no. See, I know that you like drawing, and I know you liked art. So okay. let's say um, three. You are responsible for creating three works of art. It could be as it could be a beautiful, like it could be an album. Like, oh, you didn't know I wrote Dark Side of the Moon, or it could be um, I created the character of you know Green Lantern. Uh, um, yeah, it's like you can take credit for three things that are artistic in the world that belong to someone else, technically. Okay, yeah. Uh, I thought of the X Men right away, like Great. the old X Men oh, yeah. comic. Oh, I I came up what with the X Men, all of them, all yeah. of them. Yeah, I did that well. Um, let's see. Uh, can I be the Coen Brothers? Yes, can I just like have? Great do I need choice. to choose a choose a movie or just like I'm, no, I'm the Coen Brothers? Great. I think oh, that's, that's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, that is great. God, these are and, really good. Um, well, I like this one. And, <laughs> um, how about the Cure? Just like Heaven. Oh, I wrote just like great. Heaven. Great. That one's a good one. Boy, oh boy. This is like an extensive... Uh, we played... Our version of MASH was just four categories. It was your car, your house, your job, and then who you were going to marry. And it had to be someone you knew. Yeah. And, which was like the scandalous part because yeah. you're afraid that it was <laughs> going to like Monday Monday at school, it was yes. going to get revealed. You didn't have to do number of kids because we definitely had Oh, maybe that. we did. And I was always like, and not to be rude, but I was always like zero... <laughs> Really? Yeah. One, I yeah. guess two. Oh my god! What a jerk! That's crossing. What a fingers. selfish asshole. Um, okay, final category. Okay. Mm, a lot of pressure. Um, let's do. I really am happy with all these categories. It's going to be tough to cap off. Um, I mean, do you have an interest in sort of? I wish I could travel to this time and sort of check out. What oh was yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so we'll do those three. 
Um, I want to go to Victorian London. Great. Um, I would be like interesting to-, to go to Victorian London and just go up to someone and be like, I just need you to know that you're whole world is going to be what is the creepiest thing to us yeah right i want to be like like, this is disgusting (laughs) like i want to like oh i'm not gonna touch anything i want like a mat you know like (laughs) amazing your weird Uh, furniture is what we all assume has ghosts in it now yeah right yeah it is fascinating right yeah um i would like to go to egypt uh whenever like four thousand years ago when the pyramids are being built Yes. Um, just you know, just see what the hell. What, Absolutely. What the hell and then, um, and then I'd like to go to the future. Right. I'd like to go, like, not too far. I'd like you know what? I would like to go like a hundred years in the future. Let's, yeah. let's go to like twenty, like twenty one twenty or something. Because like I want to see what's going to happen. Like right, I feel like I'm going to die before like you know before oil is gone. Before I feel like. Just like right after I die is when a lot of the shit's going to yeah, go down. Yeah, so I think that's very let's, optimistic. Let's I'm always excited if someone says the future because it does feel more optimistic. There are a lot of people who are like, I don't want to know what kind of fucked up mess. No, I think it's all. Them. We always have a tendency to think, oh, this is the worst, or it's just about the world's just about to end. But yeah. sorry, but it's not. Like, so it's far, not. so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more or less. Not to disappoint. You know, people yeah. are always, a lot of things. People t- are you know people are disappointed that the world's not ending quicker. Oh, that might be true too. <laughs> yeah, some people they don't make it you happen. Know, people are like, well, I won't have to go to work. You know, in the morning. <laughs> really small if picture. the world ends. Yeah. Really small yeah. picture. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let me just ask you to tell me when to. Uh oh. I gotta get some. Okay. Tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. Okay. I like it. Uh, I'm gonna pause this, do a little calculating, come back. Okay. With what I very much am sure is going to be a wonderful uh, MASH future. It's gonna be colorful. Um, all right. Uh, I'm very, very pleased. I just picked up the wrong Ooh, pad. I was like, what? Uh, this is my to-do list. I was like, you ended up with <laughs> Abrams auditions. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. This is great. This is just great. Number one, I want to congratulate you on, in addition to uh, all of your fantastic music, uh, as the Thermals, you also have played with Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, I knew it. The 90s. We were, I was, knew it. I was great. You knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I felt that Siamese dream. Most of Siamese dream. Very, very well done. You know what? I'm glad that you are part of that because I think it could bring a little more levity, a little more wink to them. I think so, yeah. That's not a band where I feel, yeah, I don't feel a large sense of like (laughs) wink, wink. No. Um, (laughs) Zero amount of winking. (laughs) So that's good. That's for me, that is a real benefit to that band. Um, uh, I want to congratulate you on your mansion in Mexico near the water. Oh, cool, cool. That drugs totally didn't pay for. (laughs) Great. Great. I would never have thought. Oh, no, no, no. I also would never have thought they paid for your Porsche. Uh, Which you definitely drive around. Oh, yeah. Um, Now, you... And I don't know if, like, it's weird. I mean, listen, you've also played with Smashing Pumpkins, but... um, Many people don't realize that you were also responsible for "Just Like Heaven." Yeah, I mean, which is it makes one sense of the to me. Songs. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, of course, yeah. it does to you. Surprises this is, none people. of this is a surprise to you. No, no, no. All of this yeah, is a well-known yeah. fact. Uh, I want to also say that um, if you ever get bored of your uh, beautiful mansion in Mexico, um, you can always travel to Victorian London. I always can. <laughs> oh man! After like that was actually. 
Oh man! All right, yeah. we're going to Victorian. Just shoot yeah. over to Victorian okay. England, uh, okay. and then we, when you're there and you start really missing a, a key component of your life, which I'm pretty sure you probably Just don't have there, is your pizza. <laughs> okay, no, I don't endless think endless amounts was of pizza. No pizza. You, that's the number one reason you want to get back from Victorian London is and because I ran out of hand pizza. sanitizer and too. <laughs> sanitizer and a, a strange uh, a strange little girl's doll was haunting you. oh god um, and a weird cop <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly super creepy and wonderful speaking of super god, creepy and wonderful um and I, these are both people i can imagine traveling with you to uh enjoy and weird out over victorian london is your best friend beetlejuice that was so natural of <laughs> and, and his not companion your wife, Renona Ryder. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And the two of them I, have I mean, a great happy rapport. With anyone. So, I just, you know, I'm in Beetlejuice. I'm in the sequel. I think we just yeah. wrote the sequel to <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> we did. I'm in it, thank God. We I did. mean, you're And Beetlejuice you're, is like, I'm not going to London without pizza. Yeah, right. And like, he makes the magic happen where Lydia you guys can like, have pizza oh, as much as you want. You know he wants to drive around in a Porsche and crash it into something. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this God. Is the best wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, can you direct? Will you direct? I certainly will direct. Great. my honor and privilege Great. as it was my honor and privilege to have you on the podcast thank you Hitch, thank I'm you so, so much for having me that you uh let me know you're going to be in town because this is uh, oh, yeah. this feels it fulfills a circle that i was wanting to close from yeah, wishing right? to have you as a guest yeah. when, uh, when you were my amazing music guest and honestly if we could have a talk show and you could be my music director that would be the I'm most fun still ready so still waiting i know you have a place to stay in la that's for sure yeah you just I let mean, me know one would assume if i had a talk show we'd also find you a different place yeah that, I'll, get, I'll get an apartment <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'll get to work on that asap um guys check out the new album yeah uh this is uh this will be the first boys of summer series so we're looking at uh, early summer pretty much as early as i can get away with uh putting yeah. it out so check it out um, you're gonna be listening to a song here at the end of the podcast too um and that will uh give you wet your whistle a little bit and i don't really know what that term means but i assume it has to do with literal whistles so yeah you can't you can't whistle with dry mouth i guess though. never just ask andrew yeah. bird the whistling yep. champion of the world. There, I just, I wet, I wet my wet, whistle, whistle and it worked. All right, guys. Beautiful. I'll whistle at you next time on the podcast. Um, you can follow Hutch on uh, Twitter. I think yeah. it's Hutch Harris, yeah? It's at the thermals. Oh, it's at the thermals. Uh, it's Hutch Harris. Oh, but then yeah. when you see it, it's says all, Hutch Harris. Right. Got it, got it, got it, got yeah, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, it's all at the thermals. Get out there, guys. Get on it. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Out on the road today, I saw a dead sticker on a Cadillac. A little voice inside my head said, don't look back. You can never look back. Don't look back. You can never look back. Don't look. I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boils of summer have gone. Don't look back. You can never look Every word I read, I, I've been thinking about a lot of stuff. Well, I guess it's taken me long enough, but I've been listening to the voice inside my head. Wishing I heard you instead. Whoa.